It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time, we discussed the Spongebob musical and all of its wonders. Indeed, we also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking which Nicktoon would you want to see made into a musical next. Our options were Hey Arnold, Rocket Power, The Fairly Odd Parents, and Jimmy Neutron. And The Fairly Odd Parents won with 50% of the vote. Hey Arnold came in second, Jimmy Neutron in third, and Rocket Power got 4% of the vote, which made me a little sad. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I didn't vote for Rocket Power the musical, so I can't I can't right. necessarily back it up. I was I was pleased with Hey Arnold's 29%, though. That's a pretty good showing, I thought. It is. I voted for Hey Arnold, but I think a Fairly Odd Parents musical would actually be great. I think that would be a blast, yeah. I think think, think of all like, the stage effects and stuff they could do, too, for the mm-hmm. wishes. It could be a blast. So definitely, definitely uh, on board with you guys with that one. This week, we are discussing the second episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, we... Are continuing on with our watch here for those of you guys who are just jumping in we're, we're still at the beginning so you can still catch back up yeah in fact these two episodes released on the same day so it's kind of like you're back in time in 2005 if you just watch these two episodes together follow us on twitter at fnn underscore podcast and facebook facebook.com slash fnn podcast and facebook tells me people are searching our podcast more frequently lately so uh Thanks for that. Maybe they're just trying to get me to buy more ads, but uh, who knows? And review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show. We also have our YouTube page, and we are going to be reading YouTube comments in a few episodes from this Avatar series. So on the Avatar episodes, leave your comments, thoughts on the episodes, and we'll be sure to read those out. And with all of that, thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. Alright you guys, as I said, we are discussing the second episode here, um, entitled The Avatar Returns from Book 1, Episode 2, originally aired February 21st, 2005, again the same day as the first episode. In this episode, when Zuko locates the Southern Water Tribe village where Aang has been, he demands the Avatar be surrendered to him. Aang returns to the village despite having been banished to surrender himself to Zuko as long as he agrees to leave the village alone. Aboard Zuko's ship, Aang is at his mercy, but Aang eventually manages to maneuver away from the guards and battle Zuko. Katara and Sokka take Appa, the flying bison, to go after Aang. Aang and his friends manage to defeat Zuko and his subordinates, at least temporarily. Katara and Sokka decide to travel with Aang to the North Pole so that Aang can learn waterbending from members of the Northern Water Tribe. Yeah, this is a this is a solid episode. We were left off last time with seeing this flare go off and we're kind of left with this tension, this panic, which I guess in, in, uh, originally there was not very much of a, of a lag there, right? These airing the same day. So not as much tension as we've had for the past week, but, um, (laughs) and it makes sense because the first episode doesn't even confirm that he is the avatar. Like obviously he is, but 
Katara and Sokka truly have no idea until this episode, which is kind of amazing. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I kind of forgot about this whole moment, too, of, um, because Aang gets back and Sokka is like, oh, you're, you're definitely a traitor, you definitely, um, tipped these guys off, and... It's kind of an interesting side from Sokka to see him against Aang. I forgot that there's even any point in the series where that happens at all. In, like, a very xenophobic way, too. He says, the foreigner is banned from our village after he thinks that Aang led Zuko to them. And to be fair, Aang did lead Zuko to them. Now, I think the plot of Avatar The Last Airbender is mostly perfect and mostly airtight. But it seems a little melodramatic to me that Zuko happens to be searching for Aang right as he comes back. Is it it safe to assume that had Katara and Sokka not found him, Zuko just would have been wandering the seas aimlessly until he died? So uh, my thought was kind of like, yeah. Uh, And and maybe it's just like, I've taken it that he's been searching for longer than just this moment. Right. And we just happen to be viewing in on the one that he is. Like, he's that obsessed. And the hundred years, uh, maybe this gets answered later in the series, but there's nothing particularly special about it, right? It's just coincidence? Yeah, I guess so. I, 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 t- to my knowledge, my remembering, yeah, it's just kind of happens to be a hundred years. And, and it could be, too, that they're kind of just saying a hundred years, like it might not have been literally exactly 100, True. right? yeah. Like if it was 99 years, you'd still like round that up or something right it is nice to have a clean number and i'm okay with some melodrama especially in a fantasy series but it certainly does seem coincidental that zuko is in the same air vicinity as the avatar when the flare goes off right because i mean we'd imagine that i i imagine that their earth is approximately the same size as ours right that's what I've always assumed, but I guess we don't really know that. Right, but it, it's it's decently sized. Like, they definitely have to travel for a long days time. between yeah. places, right? So it's not like they can get anywhere. So, so him happening to be at that specific spot in the North Pole is maybe a little bit... A little bit convenient, but we'll we'll allow it, right? There's And it's not like they use it to solve a plot. It's not like, oh, Zuko happened to be there. It's just the premise of the show. So I'm okay with stretching... Uh, the believability a bit there. It would be one thing if, like, they needed a cheap plot device to get out of something, but that's not what this is at all. No, it's just kind of writing away for them to first meet, and, uh... Boy, it is... It is the first of uh, a decent number of times that we're gonna be... We're gonna be running into these guys here. Again, I don't, I don't think that's a spoiler, but... Um, Zugo is kind of terrifying, right? And... When the the fire ship, the I don't know whatever their their ship lands, it's kind of terrifying. It's huge. It's like their yeah. ship is bigger than the entirety of this this village. And the show does a great job of kind of making us both believe and see through Zuko's facade at the same time. Like I think as an audience right now, we're afraid of him and rightfully so, but we also see that he's basically a child he's a teenager and you can tell that he's trying to perform something that he isn't but we don't really know what he truly is yet so it's not like anyone's rooting for Zuko at the beginning but 
we see that there's more to him than just this angry, self-righteous person. He's clearly a complicated person right from the get-go. Yeah, he's... He's got a lot... A lot, and, and you can feel the pressure, right? Like, you can feel him, for whatever reason, really wanting to get this avatar found, really wanting to to capture him. And you can tell that there's more going on than just, like, I want to capture him because other people haven't. Like, he, he does have the first reference to his honor in that earlier episode, but we, we just yeah. get a general feeling that there's something bigger at play here. And, and whatever it is, you can tell his entire life depends on catching the Avatar. It's not an option for him. It's something he has to do. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much all-consuming. I, I do like to sort of, moving along here, um, that... So Zuko, well, you know what, let's, let's back up. Let's back up before I go there. Um, Aang takes his management pretty well, first off. We, we get a few good Aang moments in here, and that's, that's the first of them, I think. It's just, he says, you know what, I understand. If you guys don't trust me, I'm going to go. And then when Zuko comes and says, like, give me the Avatar, Aang pretty much immediately gives himself up and says, hey, I won't put up a fight. I'm just going to let you take me. Just don't harm any of these people. And it's very selfless of him, right? Like, he's only been awake for, like, a day. And he's already sort of protective of these people. And you get this just general feeling of him not wanting anybody to be hurt. Yes, he's a he's a peacekeeper. As the Avatar, but also just as a human being. And the, it's a great double moment, because not only does he selflessly give himself up, but it confirms to Sokka and Katara that he is the Avatar. So he goes, like, okay, I'll go if you don't hurt them. And that's an admission. And Sokka and Katara, I think Sokka just goes, like, oh, and Katara goes, hang. And it's just this really cool moment of them both realizing. Like, Katara looks impressed, and Sokka just looks like an idiot. Like, like he's realizing what an idiot he was. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the choice, too, of, of Aang not intentionally telling them. Yeah. Um, right? Like, he... He could have gone for the rest of forever not admitting that he was the Avatar. And that's an exaggeration, but the, I, I like how they kind of wrote him into having to confess, otherwise these people's lives are at risk. I think it was a yeah. smart choice. Totally. And we have this really touching moment with the grandmother, who uh, we won't spoil Legend of Korra at all on this episode, but, or in this podcast, but I will say her character design is very similar to somebody, a waterbender in The Legend of Korra, and I think that's really cool how they do that. But the grand, the sweet grand-grand, as they call her, uh, Sokka and Katara decide to go after Aang once Zuko takes him peace, once Aang goes peacefully, and they are, like, getting their boats in the water, and the the grandma comes up and goes, well, you can't do this. And they're like, oh, no, grand, grand. She goes, without, you know, these supplies or however she says it. And she brings them, like, sleeping bags and adventure kits. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. It's, it's one of those moments where you can tell that she's going to miss them and she's maybe a little bit worried for them, but she's understanding that this is something that they have to do. 
And it's a nice setup from earlier where they're telling Katara to leave Aang alone. And she goes, well, I'm the only waterbender here. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just not bend or never learn how? He was my only way to do to learn more about this power that I have. And so, in a way, it's the grandmother finding a way for the Southern Water Tribe bending to go on. Because if Katara never learns, what happens? Yeah, that's, that's something, too. It gets brought up every now and then but there's kind of a lot of pressure on her right Mm -hmm. different than than Aang's pressure being the avatar and potentially the only way to save the world but she does have sort of a lot of weight on her shoulders there to keep keep this all going and yeah she's kind of carrying her whole community in terms of bending and so she feels a responsibility to fully own that and their grandma totally understands that and they then realize they don't even need to take boats because Appa comes up and uh, we have this awesome moment where Sokka is trying to like sarcastically like guess what will make Appa fly. He's going like up, elevate, wahoo. He was like, what was it? And then he says, yip, yip. And there's this just stunning moment of the first time we see Appa fly. And it's not with Aang. It's just with Sokka and Katara. It's, uh, I had the biggest grin on my face. Oh, it's, it's perfect. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, you realize Appa just needed a little bit of time, right? He was, he was just resting. He just got up and now he's, he's ready to go. And it's, there's, there's so much of this. So so many of these scenes where we see him flying, but this one's this one's exciting. And also, I like that Sokka. He kind of acts like a little kid. He's um, he's like laughing, and he's like he's flying. He's really flying. And Katara kind of looks back at him like, yeah, yeah, is this exciting? And he's like, not that that's a big deal or anything. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> and I just love that. Uh, I love that. Um, dynamic that they have that sort of Sokka trying to act like he's so cool but also still gets excited by lame stuff so and not that a flying bison is lame let me let me take that it's back. amazing he's just so <laughs> stubborn that he's got to right. act like it isn't cool and then on the ship we have an interesting moment so Aang has gone with Zuko and uncle uh, uh, Prince Zuko is sort of lecturing at Aang, and I finally have you all these years, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, now take him to my, he goes, now take this to my quarters, all this stuff. And he hands it to Uncle Iroh, and Uncle Iroh just passes it off to a random grunt, and he goes, hey, you mind taking this to his quarters? <laughs> Which yes. we don't, we don't know much about Iroh yet, but that's a great clue into the kind of character he is. Oh, it's great. There's so much, so much to happen with Iroh, but it's, it's very him. <laughs> and, uh, the, the thing that I was going to talk about way back when we're getting there now is um, Aang kind of realizes while he's being brought to whatever quarters he's going to be brought to, he kind of realizes that these firebenders have no experience against an airbender, right? Like they they aren't really prepared to to deal with that. And he ends up airbending through his nose and just like blows a whole bunch of air to get away from them. And I just think that it's really interesting that he's he's kind of got a leg up here, at least in the beginning, right? That they don't really know how to face off against his airbending because they've never they've never done it. It's like a whole new weapon, basically. Yes, it's very smart of him to realize. And the way he he's tied up, but he's able to airbend like through his nose, which is wild. 
Uh, it's the kind of thing, like most cartoons, when there are action sequences, as we've said time and time and again, I just don't care. Like when a Danny Phantom action sequence starts, I tune it out. Even in The Incredibles 2, which I did like. Ooh, don't I, spoil anything there. I, I won't, but spoilers, there's an action sequence or two. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of checked out for them. And Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the few cartoons where I love the action sequences as much as the rest of the show because there's storytelling in them, there's lore in them, and they're so, they're like puzzles. They're like a Zelda dungeon. <laughs> like, how are you going to get out of this? How are you going to figure this out? And it's different every time. Yeah, they, they have so many creative ways to use bending that we'll see throughout the show, but we see it even here, just like the idea of airbending through your nose like not even thinking about like that that would be a way to you know to to make this work and there's so many creative ways that the the writers for the show have come up with to use all of the different elements and we'll we'll see a lot of interesting things as as we go throughout the series but i think that's really a lot of what makes these fighting scenes so interesting it's not just it's not just he blows some air and they blow some fire and katara's got some water like they've They've got different things going on. And we, we see later, too, that um, Katara can, you know, she can freeze the water, too. So that's already a start to this idea of it's not just moving these things, right? That there's there's more going on here. Absolutely. And there's cool, like, slow motion stuff. And, yeah, he gets past the, the guards with all this really sneaky airbending and I just that moment made me realize how much is getting accomplished in just a 20 minute episode. The, the economics, the economy of storytelling in Avatar The Last Airbender is absurd how much they do in just three seasons. And even in these two episodes, we've gone from what is bending and I don't know what an avatar is to, oh my God, the avatar sacrificed himself for the water tribe and I need Team Avatar to reunite or I will die. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's it's a wild ride, and we also get our first look into, and we, we don't technically have a name for it yet, but but I'm going to throw it down there because I don't really think it's a huge deal. Um, so Aang gets thrown off the ship, and he's underneath the water, and we see his eyes just glow up, and he just starts going to town on everyone on the ship. He just completely destroys him. Like... We see him waterbending like we've never seen before. He's clearly just got this extra power going on here. We don't know all the details at this point as to like why that happens or how he makes it happen. But we do get a sense that uh, during during this phase here that he's really not in control of what he's doing, right? He's just kind of overtaken somehow. And it's it's really cool. And while he's in that state, he... There's this music that comes in that I think instantly would send a chill down any Avatar fan's spine. It's that, like, it's on, like, a koto, I think, a Japanese instrument, and it's going, like, denka, 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 denka. It's, like, this sort of two-note little pattern, and then it comes in the main theme, the oh, and, oh, it's it's so visually stunning, and the music locks in with it perfectly. Yeah, and it's it's so intense, like... We've, we've seen him do some cute little airbending tricks, right? And even, you know, with his fighting moves that he uses against these guys, he's using clever moves. But this is this is on a different level. Like, it is it is something new. It is this huge, intense moment. 
and he just kind of collapses to the ground after too. So we have an idea that, you know, he's got this great power. We know that there's some kind of limitations to it, that he's basically burnt out afterwards, but it's, it's sort of just another piece of insight to just how much being the avatar means. Again, it's not just that he has control of all four elements, but there's some other underlying things going on here. Totally. And when he does get away there's something maybe it's because i'm rewatching, but it is my heart does break a little for zuko he was so close and like i think we've all had some feeling where you were so close to something you really wanted and it, it just slipped away and i think we can identify with zuko in this moment even though of course we want ang to get away in the end yeah and we're we are kind of left in this spot where we can tell it's like everything that he's obsessed with. It's everything that he wants is to capture the avatar. And like you said, so close, but at the same time, you're, you're relieved to see Aang get away. Um, and we get the, the first time that team avatar is sitting up there in the sky on the, the bison on good old Appa. And they come to the conclusion that they're going to, um, go to the North Pole so that both Aang and Katara can learn a bit about waterbending, right? And I do love here that we get another piece of insight into just Aang's childhood wonder. And he he pulls out a map and he's like, but while we're traveling, we also have to go here to, uh, I can't even remember the animals, but he's just naming different animals that he wants to ride in different parts (laughs) of the world. And it's great. It's really cute. And we get that stunning tableau that we teased a little bit last time with Appa flying and the beautiful watercolor backdrop and that zoom out where you see how small they are in such a giant world. And you can feel the weight of the world on their shoulders. The music is so peaceful. And like you said last time, Ashley, there's this sense of where are we going next and what is going to happen there? Yes. And and I like that we, we have a little bit of direction, but we still are are left with so, so much to wonder about, right? Like, there's so many things that we get some kind of reference to. Uh, we know that there's four elements, so we know that there's earthbending somewhere. We haven't even seen that yet. Um, and you just get this feeling of excitement of, oh my god, there's so much coming, and they're on this journey, and there's this moment of peace up in the sky, but there's so much... There's so much to come. It's good stuff. Totally. And the, there's this signature thing they do with the animation and the direction where when something awesome happens, they'll kind of slow and zoom out on it. You'd think, you know, zooming in gets you the action shot, but like when Appa flies for the first time, there's the sound effect and we zoom out and it's like we see the full picture. And the same thing happens when Aang leaps off the ship with his glider. I just think that's so cool. Oh yeah, the glider... Anybody anybody that doesn't just wish that they could glide around on a glider is lying to themselves, I swear. <laughs> it's so cool. They um, all wanted to be waterbenders, though. People are so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so much fun, and you can feel the excitement, too. And you can tell, you know, like things like Aang is excited to be gliding. And again, he, he's got this great balance of he's genuinely tactically really strong, right? Like, he's good at fighting off these these guys with his bending but he's also got this childish childishness about it right like he's having a fun time even when he's fighting those guys off and it's it's like 
he's just such a good character. He really is. He really is. Totally deserved get, to be in the championship. But we still get those serious moments, like when he turns himself in earlier, that you can understand that he's kind of smarter than he lets on, right? Like, he acts like he's living in this world of childhood wonder and doesn't understand the bigger things that are going on. But then he goes and he gives himself up to the um, up to the Fire Nation. So he does kind of have some greater understanding, I think, than he lets on. It's like the kid stuff is an escape from that he, the fact that he was forced to grow up so young. Yeah, and, and that's actually, I think that's, it might not be the literal last line of the episode, but it's towards the very end that Kataro says, why didn't you tell us you were the Avatar? And he said, because I never wanted to be. Oh, so good. And he didn't. He didn't ask for this. It it was bestowed upon him. And uh, on that note, I like how we see that our four sort of main characters right now all have so much room to grow. Aang certainly needs to hone his avatarness. <laughs> uh Katara needs to learn how to bend. Sokka needs to find his role. He's a lot like SpongeBob in the SpongeBob musical, something I never thought I would say. Where, you know, you could say we've got Aang, it's the Avatar, and Katara's this bender, and I what what am I? And now SpongeBob, you know, ultimately it's its managerial skills, but for Sokka, who knows? And then Kazuko, of course, has to learn how to be a leader and inspire his people to follow him and how to use the power that he has. Yeah, there's, God, there's, there's so much more that I want to dig into, but like, we're, we have to wait. We're not we there have to be yet. Patient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very similarly. So I think that's about all I've got on this one. It's, it's still such a great lead in. We can feel that there's more adventure to come. We get just this great first meeting of Zuko and Aang. And again, we, we definitely get a feeling that they're not finished with each other either. So, right. ugh, and so much. We, we get over the arc of this episode, we go from Sokka kicking Aang out and Katara deciding maybe my elders are right and we need to let Aang go to they're a team and they're in it in just yes. 20 minutes. And and you buy it too, right? Like it does mm-hmm. not seem like a bad a bad trade-off there it seems like it makes sense that all of those things are happening quick and kind of like they understand that this stuff needs to needs to go down fast they've got a they've got a lot to do they've got a whole world at stake here and they've they've got to get on it they're hitting up the north pole and you know other side of the world presumably katara's never been there right because otherwise she would have learned about bending earlier there anyways (laughs) they're they're just these three kids that are off to see the rest of the world places that none of them have ever been it's pretty wild it's amazing and just the reason we've also been asked a few times now if we're going to be doing yay nay and meh from we're in between where we would rank the episodes and i just don't think we can i think they would literally all be yays from me i think every single episode would be i think Maybe maybe at the end we can do like a top five favorite episodes or yeah. like favorite characters from the show, things like that. Because um, totally. there's definitely some that I think are better than others. Um, yeah. And we've got so many characters that have yet to be introduced too, which is really, the way they build it is exciting. Yeah, it's, there's, there's so much, again, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here for yeah. anybody who's newly watching, but you're in for, you're in for a ride. But from the get-go, they're, they're starting out strong. We're... We're doing pretty well here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say, or can I throw I out my think tidbit? So yeah, why don't we go to our segment, which we need to name, whatever it is. So if you know, 
Friday Night Nick loons, our, our meme friends, if you guys can come up with something catchy and Avatar-related for this sort of little book report at the end of every episode. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, because fun fact isn't isn't quite right. It's gotta right. be It's gotta a little be longer. It's like a mini presentation. It's like yeah. we're... It's like a well, job. <laughs> this week, this week, mine's kind of... Um, it's a little bit of a, a shorter situation here, but I was looking into some of the different things from um, the Chinese characters of the characters. Mm. And so I'll, I'll give you guys just a couple of the ones that we can actually uh, talk about here. Um, the characters for Aang mean peaceful soaring, which I thought that was such a good a good choice of of uh wow. name there right like he he really is such a peaceful character and we'll see that throughout too and and soaring with the air um the ones for katara and saka are apparently phonetic they don't exactly make sense um but zuko is awaken rank <laughs> or could that be honor too yeah i i guess like somewhere um related with that right like rank and honor and like that kind of makes sense with him um one of the characters for Iroh refers to a type of flower that's used in traditional chinese medicine um or tea perhaps (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there's just some interesting things going on and i i'm struggling to let me let me pull this back up now changed pages too many times Yeah, I'd never and, thought about those much. Yeah, I didn't either. And they're, they're all over the place, too. Uh-huh. Um, there's... Where... Sorry, I'm scrolling throughout this page because there's a bunch of them. But there was one... Oh, okay. During the opening sequence, there's words at the top and the bottom of the map that translate into powers are divided into four. The world is guided by one. Oh. I thought that was so powerful, right? That's um, cool, because that's what the Avatar does. The yeah. Avatar is the one that has all four. That's really cool. And then, last last couple of things here. Um, there's inscriptions in each of the corners that refer to the elements, which are water is, benevolent, uh, water is benevolent, earth is strong, fire is fierce, air is harmonious. Cool. And then that the last... informs our voting, I think, from the Twitter poll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the last one here is that the on the Avatar title slide itself, the characters are the spiritual medium who has descended upon the world, which is the Avatar himself. So again, not, not exactly a story necessarily here, but just something that I feel like you see all the time in this show, right? All of the characters that don't really think about it all that much so i thought that was some interesting stuff that's fascinating yeah i'm gonna have to come up with something out of the box like that for next next time then that's great yeah so again it was, it was one of those things i've just never never looked into specifically that um the powers are divided by four one really got to me like i yeah i felt that Ugh. that that's so the spirit of the show it really is all right with that are we good to move on to our conclusion Let's do it. All 
All right, guys, our Twitter poll is if you were a flying bison, which of Sokka's attempted catchphrases would make you fly? He uses all of these and, uh, and yip yip and up in the episode, but these four are what we're asking you to pick from. He says, elevate, ascend, <laughs> yeehaw, and wahoo. Yeah, it's a tough call, guys. I mean, which which of those really gets your flying going? I know I know yip yip would probably be a lot of people's choice, but it seemed a little too easy. So so which of these alternate catchphrases would really make you feel like it's it's time to to hit the air, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next week, you guys, we are discussing a show that we have not covered yet. There's relatively few of those left. But we decided to hit up an episode of Kablam. It's a sketch comedy. It was a late 90s Nicktoon. It's kind of animated. It's It's got some weird bits going on in there. But we figured it was about time that we hit this up. It's such an interesting part of Nicktoon culture. And I'm kind of surprised we haven't hit it sooner. So I'm excited. Me too. I've literally never watched an episode of it. It was 1996 to 2000. And I guess I, I think I got cable shortly after that. So... Uh, I, I have never seen an episode of this show. I feel like I might have, but details are blurry, right? This wasn't as much of a show that you'd, like, sit down and get pumped about as much as, uh, you know, like our Spongebobs and our Fairly Odd Parents at the time. So I, I don't remember it super clearly, but I feel like I feel like it'll all have some, some wheels turning when we watch it. That'll be like, oh, right, that's what this all is. Maybe, Still excited yeah. to see it, though. We also got our social media yet again. We got a Twitter, a Facebook, a YouTube, where I have created a playlist of just our Avatar watches, if that's what you're here for. And Apple Podcasts. Check all those out. And with all that, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.